This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Recently, I spent a day with my brother-in-law on the Owyhee River in eastern Oregon, teaching him to fly fish. It was a great day, even though he didn't catch anything. Well, that explains a few things there, Steve. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? Come on. <laughs> the oh. teacher, uh, the, the mentoree can't oh, outrun man. the master if the master isn't a great fly I know, fisher. <laughs> but listen, he did catch some cuts a couple days later on the Clearwater. Maybe it Idaho. all came together for him after, uh, after you uh, left. Yeah, that's true, because I was gone. <laughs> Suddenly everything worked. Okay. <laughs> Well, today what we want to talk about is the joy of teaching others to fly fish and how that results in the right process. That is the right kind of instruction. The kind of instruction I gave to my brother-in-law that day that <laughs> that turned him into a world-class fly fisherman three days later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, but seriously, uh, there, there is a joy uh, when you can work with somebody else. There's There can be frustrations, but uh, when you think about... Uh, yeah, the the joy that that brings. Uh, what comes to mind, Dave? Well, recently I uh, took my nephew on my wife's side fly fishing in the Driftless, and it was the first time. Yeah, in Wisconsin, uh, right? Yeah, in yeah. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. We actually were in uh, southwestern Wisconsin. And I think it was the first time that he actually had caught a bunch of trout in one afternoon. Oh, and great. just seeing him catch those fish and, you know, the mm-hmm. lights started to come on, mm-hmm. just about casting. We actually were uh, dry fly fishing. We actually were using attractor patterns, but mm-hmm. there was some caddis on the water. Nothing was really working on the surface. Mm-hmm. So we started beneath the surface yeah. and he started nymphing. And, and I tell you what, within within about 30 minutes after we switched to a nymph rig, he started catching fish. Wow, and it was great. so fun to watch his yeah. face light up and to see him catch fish. And he's in his late 20s yeah. and really a talented caster, mm-hmm. but just needed some help yeah. on on basically which patterns to use and how to uh-huh. cast the nymph and well, just that, some basic things. That's amazing. And so he watched you and he actually caught fish. <laughs> Wow, this is this is really something. Uh, he has a picture uh, of my catching the yeah. biggest fish of the, oh, of man, the two days. I saw that. That was a nice trout. It really was. No, you're you're absolutely right. There, there is a great joy to that, isn't there? And I think related to that is the satisfaction of teaching someone else a new skill. I, uh, they're just a, they're just a, what a, a level of joy, level of satisfaction that uh, you walk away and uh, yeah, very gratifying. You isn't know what? It? it is almost, and I, I I say this cautiously, but I would say yeah. it's almost better than catching the fish itself. Is yeah, seeing someone yeah. else catch mm-hmm. the fish. There's this vicarious yeah. I know what you sense mean. of accomplishment yep. that is just for me. It's meaningful. So yeah, I should have done more of it with my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well, we live and learn. Yeah, we uh, do. My nephew's going to get the benefit of yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. In anything else, when you think about the joy of uh, teaching somebody else to fly fish, I is... do think you also learn more yourself because you're forced to go back to the basics. Oh, that's so true. And we talk about this mm-hmm. a lot, but you know, as much new and as many new layers of fly fishing that you add to your core mm-hmm. competency, you do have to keep going back to the basics. Yeah, you really and do. And it's learning how to dead drift, making sure mm-hmm. your knots are good, how to fight a fish, mm-hmm. um, how to read a river, 
Yeah. And so when you're forced to teach it, you're actually mm-hmm. forced to go, okay, oh yeah, I need to rethink this again oh. and, and actually implement what's true. I know. I, I remember my brother-in-law was saying, now, when, when you're landing a fish, how do you hold your rod? And I said, well, you do it like this. And I'm realizing, yeah, but I sometimes don't do it like this. I get lazy and I do yep. it like that. So. Yep. It is. There's something really wonderful uh, that increases my skill, I think, by mm-hmm. just going back to the basics. Oh, that's really true. I think something else, too, that can be a byproduct of this is you might create another fly fishing partner. And we've talked before about how it, it sometimes is hard to uh, kind of make new friends to find new fly fishers. And so uh, you get somebody else interested, uh, now you've got that person that you can go with, and they'll uh, they'll be excited and keep you accountable so you actually get out there in the water. Well, I, boy, I think that's true. And I think, you know, I'd love to fly fish more with my nephew. I think, you know, he's in graduate school right now, but I think, you know, there will be some times in the future that, you know, you won't be available, sure. and we say, mm-hmm. "Hey, let's go to the let's go to the driftless for a couple yeah. days," and and uh, I look forward to that. That's cool. So let's talk about the process. All right, what what actually do you do? What are what are some of the things to keep in mind as you're teaching a, a new fly fisher, beginning fly fisher, whether it's their first time or, or like you say, maybe you've got someone who's dabbled at it a little bit, but you're really trying to help them learn the craft. Well, what are some things to keep in mind? Actually, that reminds me, if you've, if you've, there are some people who, as I've mentioned before, buy their fly fishing experiences. So most of yeah. their experience mm-hmm. is with a guide. Right. The guide hands them the rod, yep. you know, fixes their rig, tells yeah. them where to cast, and yes, mm-hmm. they have a terrific afternoon, yeah. and they're hooked or, quote, hooked, yeah. unquote, on fly fishing. Pun but, intended. <laughs> exactly. But when you start actually going out on your own. Yeah, and, and you got to tie the knot. Oh, you, my you gosh. You have to determine, well, what size tippet do I use and what fly do I use? It's different, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So I would yeah. say the first thing, if you're working with somebody you knew, is you have to stay positive and focus yeah. on what they're doing right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that may sound patently obvious, mm-hmm. but it's not because sometimes you're like, Oh my goodness, you know he can't even cast it up. I mean, he can't yeah, even get it yeah. off. You know, he can't even tie a knot. How's this guy mm-hmm. going to cast the rod? Yeah. And I'm not speaking about my nephew, but I'm saying, and so there is this sometimes it's a, a level of frustration. Yeah, and you just can't go there. You have to mm-hmm. keep focusing on what they're doing right. Yep. Be encouraging. Uh, pump up their sneakers. You know, just keep yeah. it really keep it fun. Oh, that's good. I'd add to that, if you're going to keep it positive and fun, you also need to keep it simple. I think you alluded to that. Uh, Yeah, fly fishing can be very complex, and being willing to work on one skill at a time. You know, there's there's an impulse, I think, to try to teach them everything right now. Yep, yep, absolutely. Teach them, man, at least if we can learn six things right now, then the other 48 we can get to. But no, you really have to stop and take one thing at a time and Maybe just working on the casting, or working on mending, or or working on uh, you know identifying where the where the trout are going to lie in a in a in a in a run. That's that's important. I so. think another thing is to you know set them up with good gear. And um, this summer, uh, I fished with a friend who had this was his first time fly fishing. And so I helped him buy a rod and a reel, and and I remember we hiked up to this high mountain lake, and I set up his rig for him, and I cast with his rod just to kind of 
get a feel for it. And within about two minutes, I caught a nice little cutthroat. And, oh, um, yeah, nice. Poor guy. Exactly. You know? He's yeah. sitting there. I <laughs> said, hey, right. could you take yeah. a picture of me while I'm casting with your <laughs> rod? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think you have to help them set set up the gear, right? So oh. not just fly rod and, and fly reel mm-hmm. and waders and all that, but actually just getting them rigged up is really important uh, on helping them. And, and ke- again, back to your previous point, keeping it simple, um, mm-hmm. maybe not doing too flies if you know a top fly and a trailer fly if you're doing nymph fishing just start them out with one fly mm-hmm. um, just keeping it as simple as possible but I think the gear question is really important is getting them making sure they have the right gear Dave I was uh, trying to help my brother-in-law and we were working on casting and, and I said here let me show you something and I, I I noticed man I can't get this out far at all and the rod that he had was uh one that I think might have been given to him. It was an older fiberglass rod. It had metal ferrules. I mean, I oh my gosh, believe that's it. old yeah, school. It really was. But it dawned on me. I thought, I bet this thing has a level line. You know, I just assume anytime I pick up a fly rod, it's got weight forward or at least double taper. I thought, I think this has got level line. And so I, wow. you know, I, I pulled a bunch of line out and compared it. It's like, ah, oh, this thing has level line. So, that afternoon, we went and bought, uh, you know, got them into some weight forward taper line, put that on. Well, you would have thought that, that that old fiberglass rod suddenly became a, you know, a sage or a, or a Winston. Winston. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, he's shooting the line out there. It, it was just a function of the, yeah, the, the fly line. So it's something that he never would have thought of. And I think we can help new fly fishers just looking at, at what they have. Again, they don't have to have to get the best Orvis or Sage out there or but just making sure that they've got stuff that's going to work. Yeah, that, you know? that's really a good point. You know how it is. Some people will get into fly fishing because their their uncle or their grandfather gave them some stuff. Well, uh, you know, it was the, the thought that counts, yeah. but the, <laughs> the, the stuff isn't very good. And Well, it's like you know. going to all the garage sales and seeing all these bags of, yeah. you know, these golf bags oh, yeah. filled with yeah. clubs. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the technology with, with oh. golf is changing so oh, rapidly that it, almost every year you almost need new clubs. Uh, that is so And I'm true. not a golfer, but uh, the technology also is changing always with, yeah. with fly rods and with reels. Yep. And, and uh, you, you don't need to have the most current, but you need the basics. You do. You really do. I think something else that you can do, and, and this ties into keeping it simple, but is is adding one skill at a time. So if, if you have an opportunity to fly fish with a person or help them out on, on multiple occasions, uh, maybe work on one skill at uh, on a particular day or at least for the first hour. You know, And then if they get casting or mending their line down, my brother-in-law, I couldn't believe it. He, I, I think I told him once to mend his line, and after that, it's like, well, man, he, uh, he, he picked did it, up. it every time. Wow. And so then, then let's move on to something else. Like, okay, you got that down, then you do another one. But... But again, adding those pieces one at a time, not trying to get somebody to master six skills and at, you know in the same moment. It's just too hard. It reminds me when I was fishing with my nephew, that one of the issues for him was tying knots. Oh, yeah. And so um, when he would get snagged or he was changing his rig, I would start fly fishing and, and you know, all of a sudden, 30 minutes would pass. And I, I was up a couple yeah. of runs. I looked back and I realized he was still tying that yeah. knot. Yeah. 
And and so I had to so I stopped and and slowed down and we went back and and really worked on some of those basic knots. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and, good. And um, you know, it's just it, it's interesting to me that sometimes it's the things that surprise you that they need yeah, help with. Right. right. It's you, not the casting a, right. or the mending, it's the knots. Yeah. You remember Gary Borger, our friend Gary had a he has a good technique. He he uses uh, kind of a limp rope to teach knot tying. You know, it's a lot easier to, to learn some of those knots on a rope than it is on a little yeah, tiny absolutely. size 18, uh, or I'm sorry, a size 6X tippet that, that you tie onto a size 18 or a size 20 fly. So uh, that, that's actually helpful too. And sometimes you can learn some of those things before you ever get out to the water. Well, I think the next point, which we've already touched on a little bit, uh, when I mentioned the friend this summer setting up his rig and then my casting mm-hmm. and catching the fish, there is something to that. And I think yeah. um, my tendency is want to keep casting. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> Here, I have to say let I me don't show you how this is done. Exactly. And, yeah, watch me go. <laughs> I find I don't have a lot of patience, and so I actually have to work at this. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though I get a lot of joy from it, but mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to just get going over I here know. by myself. I but know. I do think. Showing them is there's mm-hmm. just nothing better than showing as opposed to telling them. Yeah, it's true. Right? It's, and, okay, this and you is, can tell while you show. And yeah, notice absolutely. what I'm doing here as I, you know, watch my back cast. Oh, see how I snagged it in <laughs> exactly, that tree. Exactly. But yeah, that's that's really helpful. I think something else that's important is setting them up for short casts. Um, well, if you can put a fly fisher in a place where they only have to cast ten. 12 feet, uh, that just makes it so much easier because that's often the area where uh, beginning fly fishers are so intimidated. And if you can help them see, hey, just, just make a short cast. You're, you're casting at a 45-degree angle kind of up at the head of this run, and you're just going to let it drift down. That's something they can do fairly quickly. You know, there's a corollary to that. And I was fishing with someone and using the word run – and realized uh, yeah. that he didn't understand yeah. what I was talking about. That's true. And so I actually had to explain it. In fact, yeah. I had to go mm-hmm. back and and actually explain it and re-explain it. Well, there's the top of the run. Mm-hmm. There's the bottom of the run. So sometimes you assume that they understand the language, yeah. and they simply don't understand the language. No, that's true. I, I, that's a great point. Well, I think the next one is um, is let them fight a fish that you hook, right? Yeah, again... I can see you wanting to do that because you want to catch the fish. But no, I, I know what you mean. I, I've done that sometimes with my kids where it's like, okay, this is just going to be too hard to cast. But once once you have something on the line, I've handed my rod to my son or my daughters and say, here, I want you to feel what this is like. Well, one more that we could uh, mention briefly, and that is you may want to let someone else teach close family members. Now, I'm serious about this. It's a patience this is, thing. This is hard. It is, and I've I've faced this dynamic with coaching and and even with uh, teaching family members to fly fish. I know I've shared this on another podcast, but uh, summer or two ago, uh, we were all in a you know up up on the Boulder River in Montana, and uh, my wife uh, actually went out one afternoon. My son Luke was along the river, and he was. Uh, uh, catching some fish, and I, I don't know if, if he said, hey, Mom, do you want to try this? Or if she said, I'd like to try that. Uh, he taught her how to uh, 
caught a fly fish and she caught a couple of trout and later he says well man i feel kind of bad i should have let dad do that and she goes oh no oh no this <laughs> believe me this was much better and, and i felt the same way it's like yeah uh, i know i would have been too impatient and so some of it is the impatience of you or me as we're helping our yeah. son or daughter or wife but some of it is their inability to hear it and take it yeah and that's uh -huh. true of my son yeah. Corey. i took him out you know a year or so ago we were out fly fishing and he just he just wouldn't listen to me kind of like it is at home right mm -hmm. yeah. so okay one story so i remember taking my brother fly fishing when i was i must have been 23 and he was 16 so he's seven years mm. younger than i am yeah we were fly fishing out in elk creek in Montana. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And so he was young and just trying to figure it out. And, and, um, and we were competitive for the runs we were fishing. So I would fish one and he would then alternate, but instead of just making it easy and say, okay, we're just going to alternate runs. We yeah. like, we just hurry up, hit a run and, and run <laughs> to the next one. Well, there were some beaver ponds there. So as he was scrambling up, this one beaver pond on the branches around the beaver mm -hmm. pond he slipped and gashed his leg Ooh. and it was <laughs> and it was a deep gash Ew. and i remember walking by just with no emotion saying well greedy 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 <laughs> And walked right next oh, to the so next run. Cruel. So I realized <laughs> I probably was not the best person to teach my brother. So fortunately, Matt still um, to this day enjoys fly fishing, uh, and, and thankfully not because of my great yeah. teaching. Oh, <laughs> so, that's great. Oh, <laughs> but that's I was true. just I was absolutely uh, heartless. No, oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. Bob Ritchie recently commented on our podcast on fly fishing gear we use. And as it relates to beginning fly fishers, he said this. He said, I think the best advice for new fly fishers is, is to hold off on buying an expensive rod until you know what kind of caster you are. Orvis sells some reasonable combos with rod, reel, and line. Yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense on some level. Yeah. I would say you and I probably have the opinion that the combos that are put together by Orvis um, and some of these other packages like a Cabela's, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think I would prefer to say get a rod, then get yeah. a reel, and don't and don't buy the combos. Right, but he's Bob's right. You know, hold off on buying an expensive rod. Yeah, get develop your casting and. And that's, I know I've talked before about how I went into a, a fly shop intending to buy a sage, and I, I picked up the Winston, and uh, boy, that was it. Uh, that was it. I, I, but, you know, the thing is, that happened well into my fly fishing. If I had picked up a Winston on day one, I wouldn't have appreciated the, the, the way that it felt and then the way that it casted. So, yeah, yeah that's that's a good point. I you know you and I have said this a thousand times. I don't think you can tell the difference when you're just starting out. There's just too much noise in terms of trying to learn what to oh, do and cast. And, yep. and, um, and, and a lot of people, I think, waste a lot of money yeah. on the gear that they purchase. They mm -hmm. just purchase too expensive of gear. And the fly fishing industry just encourages you to do it, and right. um, and I and I get it. Um, the brands tell a certain story, but I I would say that he's right. Um, yeah, you know, Orvis sells some reasonable combos with rod, reel, and line. I think he's probably he's probably right. Yeah, and actually, the first 
a really good rod that I bought was an Orvis, and it was uh, it would have been one of their middle of, of the line rods, and then the bat and kill reel, and it was a it was sold as a combo. So yeah, not a bad way to go. Well, that's going to do it for today. What insights do you have for teaching friends and family to fly fish? Please share your thoughts with us by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. Tell us your best practices for teaching others to fly fish. You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to visit our podcast on iTunes and rate it. Give us a review. That always helps. Also, you can download a podcast app on your phone and receive our weekly podcasts. If you want access to every episode that we've ever published, visit our website and click on every episode on the navigation bar. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. (laughs) 